0: The Hard Knocks Life is sponsored by Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice. Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is located in Austin, Texas, and we can help coordinate with nursing and all therapy needs. If you have a friend or family member that could benefit from Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice in-home clinical team, let your health care provider know that Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is your choice. Go to rchomehealthhospice.com or call 512-328-7606 oh yeah it's time the hard Knox life podcast is what you are now tuned into let's get it let's get it let's get it that's right we about to get into it right now it is your boy Harbaugh Harge, and welcome to the hard Knox life It's my pleasure to talk to you every week and let you know what's going on in the world of athletics, and you know sometimes just life stories that come about. You can follow me at Hard Knocks on Twitter. You can also follow me at Hardball Harge on Twitter, Instagram, and Mike Hardball Harge on Facebook. There has been a lot going on on the Forty Acres, and. As most of you know, I talk a lot of Texas Longhorn athletics, and I know there are some that want me to talk about the Aggies, and there are some that want me to talk about Texas Tech, and I will I will do that when football season comes around. You guys seem to be pretty stable right now. Texas Longhorns have made a lot of changes on the 40 acres, and the new coaching staffs are now taking place, and I, I'm here to tell you, this has been an interesting time here in Austin, Texas. We'll get into uh, uh, the coaches, where they came from and what positions they're going to be coaching. But one of the ones that did not make it to the 40 acres is one Mike Stoops. And there's a lot of controversy behind that, that uh, possible hiring. Some say he was hired then the donors or excuse me, the backlash from People on the Internet kind of didn't go well. And if that's the case, then that's not a good look for the University of Texas. And I don't think we as a university should uh, be making decisions based on us as crazy fans. I mean, that's that's just the way I look at some of this stuff. And, and I tell you what, I continue to look around the, the country at how things are being done, where the winds are coming from, what the staffs look like and and what's next for the universities. And Coach Sark has made some outstanding decisions thus far. The hiring of the coaches and the positions that they are going to be coaching has been unmatched. And he said he was going to put together a a team of coaches that are leaders that are, are encouragers that will develop these young men into uh, top notch players, top notch players, top notch personnel and top notch people. And that's what I'm excited about. We we've had a lot of, of coaching staffs that came in and didn't do everything the way that they said they were going to do it. Or, The job just became a little bit too much for them. And sometimes that's what happens. A's hire A's because you want to be a CEO at the University of Texas. In order for you to be a CEO, you have to be able to delegate responsibilities to your coaching staff and feel comfortable doing that. That is what I'm enjoying seeing. That is what I am as a as a fan and a former player, not at the University of Texas. I was a former professional baseball player and I've played with a lot of different coaches and managers. And there's a lot of style with these, but he's picked people that he feels comfortable with and not in a comfortable way of, hey, these are my buddies. I've been around these guys. No, comfortable with letting them do what he, they were hired to do. I know we talk about, you know, Nick Saban being a mic. Not I wouldn't call him a micromanager, but he's very hands-on and he wants to, you know, put his pieces together and make sure that things are run smoothly. That is what Coach Sark is doing. Because when you become the University of Texas football coach, you're essentially becoming the governor you're becoming the president of the state. You are, you are, your time is so demanding. And now with the Longhorn Network, all the shows, weekly uh, conference, press conferences, and got to go to Pluckers and all these other places to do your coach's show and still be able to run a um, an organization this is tough. That's why you got to have quality people in the same spot. Uh, I love the fact that he's done that. So let's get into it. A.J. Milwe will be the quarterback's coach, and obviously he's he's Sark's right-hand man because Sark's already told us that he's going to be the play caller, period. Um, that's fine with me because if you've watched that national championship game or if you've gone through the years and watched his offense's go and flourish you will realize hey man this dude knows what he's doing and the concepts and the schemes are beautiful and i can't wait to see what he's going to do with the talent that he has around here but aj mill we will be working with the quarterbacks we still are trying to figure out uh casey thompson hudson carr charles wright uh, who else they may try to bring in a grad transfer but i believe casey thompson is the man for the job and i think the way <laughs> that Sark develops quarterbacks is going to be outstanding. Uh, he also kept Stan Drayton. Stan Drayton will run, uh, obviously be the running backs coach, and he'll be the run game coordinator. We know, and we've figured out that Stan Drayton, although the development is there with the Bijan Robinson, Keontae Ingram. We'll talk about Keontae and what he did with Roshan Johnson. Um, uh, and the recruiting that he's done with those guys, uh, he's going to play a valuable part. And we realized that Tom Herman was the one that wasn't letting Bijan Robinson play a lot. I think he was still going off of that old school mentality that he probably learned from from Mac Brown. When I still bring up the fact that Mac Brown didn't want his players playing in the OU game, the youngsters, because freshmen want to play and seniors want to win. No, freshmen want to win, too. I mean, you brought him here to help you win, put him on the field and let him go. But uh Bijan Robinson is a star in the making. And I I I I hope that we're not running through this rotation. I realized too that Tom Herman never had a thousand-yard running back at any of his schools where he was the head coach. Think about that. That is absolutely horrible that you did not have a thousand yard back because you're trying to keep everybody playing. Sorry, bro, that don't work for me. Uh, Andre Coleman is getting a chance to stay here from what I've heard. uh, The the kids obviously uh, uh, enjoy being around Andre, but I think Andre also was uh, a coach that, that had his hands tied. And from the stories that I've heard, Coach Sark had wanted to work with Andre Coleman before, but he was getting blocked by other coaches that that wouldn't let Coach Sark hire Andre Coleman. So let's see if how their relationship goes, and the, I hope these wide receivers get an opportunity to show what they're truly, truly how talented they are because we have talented players at those positions, but again, I don't want to keep beating this, this horse so bad, but – I think Tom Herman was over his skis when he was trying to become this great coach again, seven and three last year and he gets fired. I I don't understand it. But looking at this coaching staff and comparing the to the old coaching staff, it's night and day. Uh, Jeff Banks will be he came over from Alabama. Jeff Banks will be the special teams coordinator, tight ends and assistant head coach. This guy is a recruiting guru. He used to be in college station. So a lot of people know who he is here in the state of Texas. They call him a rain man and he can make it happen. And I love it. I love it. I love the fact that the recruiting is going to be live and I can't wait to see uh, what happens because they've already offered to some studs. They have opened to some studs and, uh, Now we're going to see what happens, and that, when I say studs, we've offered it to some offensive linemen, and that goes with Kyle Flood. He will be the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. You've seen those guys at Alabama. You don't have to look any further than number 65 for Alabama, the largest human being that I've ever seen. But you also look at their line. Uh, Their center was the Remington Award-winning center. They had a deep offensive tackle. That won an offensive lineman award. And that is to training, technique, and moving forward. That's all I'm looking at. Make this happen to where I can be excited about this offensive line and we can start developing these guys, give them time to develop, but we'll get them into the NFL. Bo Davis, you know, uh, we had, I was on a show the other day and Aaron Williams called him legendary because he was part of Mac Brown's staff. So, he got to know him up close and personal. He's been in the NFL, and now he's back, and he's going to help with that defensive line because I I know when he sees this defensive line at the University of Texas, he is going to be licking his chops with the Alfred Collins of the world, and and putting pressure on the quarterback, and that is what I like to see. Coach K, Pete, I, I guess we call him Quitkowski is what I everybody's been saying is Quitkowski. That's how. It's, Supposed to be pronounced so. Pete Quitkowski Kwi- will be the defensive coordinator and outside linebackers coach. He is a monster, uh, defensive coordinator. He's one of the top defensive minds in the Pac 12. Uh, you heard if you got a chance to listen to Coach Sark talk about him, he said he used to give him nightmares, he couldn't figure him out on the defensive side. They probably have two down linemen and two defensive ends standing up, putting pressure out there. I'm I'm watching the development of our defense. It's unfair to these kids because now it looks like they've gone through three defensive coordinators since their time at the University of Texas for those that have stayed. And it's I think it's unfair to them, but it's the way life is. And they're going to make the adjustments. Just be patient. Learn a new position learning learn, learn new schemes are going to be tough. They got a new linebackers uh, inside linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator from Montana, which Montana's defense, I know people are like, wait, Montana. Yeah, go back and look at Montana. They were tough. They were tough. They were physical. And I know they were in a different league, but they can play. Uh, Jeff Choke came over and he's he's worked and likes working with uh, Coach K, is what I'm going to call him. And Terry Joseph will be the secondary coach. He's defensive pass game coordinator. He, he's coming in from Notre Dame. Notre Dame, although they get torched every time they show up in a playoff game, but they were going up against the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that's let's not just go off of that, but let's look at the development of it and let's see how many guys he can put in the league. But last but not least, Blake Gideon, who is a special teams guru. He has been making his way up the chart. He was voted special teams coach of the year. Uh, Blake Gideon is back on the 40 acres. And let's just say this. Aaron Williams told us that Blake Gideon was the brains behind that defense when he was here with Earl Thomas, with Shockey Brown, with Curtis Brown, and with Aaron Williams. So that speaks high volumes. He's a coach's kid. You can use all the cliches. Uh, Jim Rat." he's the guy. Yeah, I'm excited about this coaching staff, and I will put it up against anyone at any time at the University of Texas or across the country. Now, let me transition into this. And this is one of the things that I've been trying to figure out, and it's this doggone transfer portal. This transfer portal for the University of Texas has been on fire, fire. And that's with players coming in and with players leaving. Now, JaQuindon Jackson was someone, a four-star out of Duncanville, dual-threat quarterback. Um, I really thought this kid was going to be able to make a splash here. He has decided that he was going to leave the university and go to Utah. Uh, Keontae Ingram, running back, four-star as well out of Carthage. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. I still don't know if he ever got off over that drop pass against – LSU a couple of years ago. But anyway, he is, he's put himself into the transfer portal. I know some things about Keontae that um, have not been brought to light, but I wish nothing but the best for that kid. And I hope that, that, uh, he gets an opportunity to st- still continue to play football. On the offensive line, Reese Moore was a big time recruit. He was a four star. And, Everyone had these high hopes for him. They were talking about his good feet. He was a basketball player. It just never panned out. He's entered into the transfer portal, Willie Tyler, a three-star. He, he never really showed up at anything on the field to me, so I, w- I do wish him luck for sure. Myron Warren on the defensive line, he was going to make a move but he came back to the University of Texas four-star, that defensive line, strong side, defensive end. I hope he can get a chance to play because I think that kid has a lot of talent. Daniel Carson, he put himself in. I think he's going to like Western Illinois to go and play football. Rob Cummins is not here on the 40 acres anymore, but I wish all those guys well. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Elliot Dayaway has entered the transfer portal. Now, he is a guy that we thought was going to make a splash from day one. He looks like a freak. His body type is what people salivate over when it comes to being athletic on the football field. It just looked like the game was too fast for him, or maybe he was second-guessing himself. Uh, Byron Vaughn's another one. Y'all know his mother, Mother Hustler. She's out there doing his thing, but it looks like Byron Vaughn's is going to go to Utah State. Utah State Aggies, baby. Uh, good luck to that kid because he's another one that, you know, sometimes opportunity presents itself and you just got to take it. Uh, these are some of the guys that I'm about to talk about, two in particular that I was big a big fan of. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe I was too big of a fan and now they are off the 40 acres. Jalen Green was a guy that I thought for sure was going to make an immediate impact because he was that talented. And Tom Herman even mentioned him in his speech that he was going – a couple years ago when we were trying to figure out the talent level, he said Jalen Green won't be on the 40 Acres for more than three years because that's how talented he is. Well, he was right because now he's going to Mississippi State and be reunited with Jason Washington. Coach Washington is now over there and – I'm excited for Coach Washington, and now I'm excited for Jalen Green. If he goes out there and he flourishes, first-rounder, um, he's got that kind of ability. Kenyatta Watson was another kid that I was I was hopeful would get a chance to play at the University of Texas, and it, it didn't work out for him for whatever reason, and now he's at Georgia Tech. Xavier uh, Alford, defensive back, four-star was exciting. Now he's at USC with Coach Navar and Todd Orlando. So there is a lot that has happened on the 40 acres, and I know that it is one of those things that we look at and you say, can kids continue to do this? This transfer portal is, like I told you before, it's like swiping right, swiping left on those dating apps. You You have to make that decision, and if you're going to roll with it, roll with it. It's a commitment. It's a lifetime that you are going to be a part of something. And now you're getting another opportunity. Just put your head down, go to work, and make it happen. Uh, Lastly, I want to get into this football championship Sunday. Championship Sunday. Championship Sunday. But before I get to that, I just wanted to say I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about this coaching staff at the University of Texas. And I want to make sure that all these kids understand that your opportunities are now take the most of it, take, make the most out of it and enjoy your time because eventually the basketball, they're going to take the air out of it. It's going to be over the baseball. They're going to take it from you and go home and the game will be over. It's going to continue to play, but you're going to be without it. And in football, they're going to take your helmet from you and it sucks, but make the most out of your opportunities because you can only do this for a little while. And then life really hits you like a ton of bricks. So I want to get into Championship Sunday. This is exciting for me. Uh, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, so it's I'm I'm the guy on the sideline that has no dog in the fight, and I just enjoy watching football. But Championship football this weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Green Bay Packers. This is I call this the OG game. The OGs in the game. And the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City game is the young guns, the up and comers. You're, you're sitting here and you're looking at uh, Tom Brady taking on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had an unbelievable uh, year, and this is a team that went 13 and three and 13 and three back to back years for a staff that people kept saying didn't even like each other. I'm like, what? For Aaron Rodgers and his coach LaFleur not to like each other, they damn sure find a way to get into the championship game again in Lambeau Field. It is going to be an exciting game. Tom Brady being back up in the north, um, getting ready to take his team, possibly to the Super Bowl. That is driving me crazy. I can't, I can't uh Put into words that what he has done at this particular time is unreal. Both of these guys, Tom Brady, has an opportunity to take another team that first year with them to the Super Bowl in the NFC after he's dominated the AFC for this long. I have to be honest with you, I had zero. Thoughts of them playing in this game. I thought they would be out. I didn't think it was going to work. I thought bringing in um, Antonio Brown, Gronk, all these people, I thought it was going to be the worst idea. And little did I know the work ethic that Tom Brady brings in, Bruce Arians. By the way, Bruce Arians is the real MVP. If you look at his staff, go look at his staff and look how, how diverse that staff is. Bruce Arians, you're the real MVP, dog. I might have to cheer for them today. No, I don't know. I can't do that. I want want Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl because I want Aaron to do his thing and light it up because I I will never, ever live it down if Tom Brady takes the team from the NFC to the Super Bowl and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, by the way, the Super Bowl will be in Tampa. What, what, what? And then in the, the, the nightcap. The Buffalo Bills, the Young Guns, Josh Allen with zero running game, but he does have Stephon Diggs taking on Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs Nation, Chiefs Kingdom is uh, fired up. They're worried about their boy Patrick Mahomes, boy. Uh, is he going to be able to play? And all week, everybody was talking about this concussion, which to me, still, I don't believe he got hit that hard to have a concussion. I thought it was more of a chokeout, but we all thought that he was going to be able to play. There was no way that he wasn't going to play. And you sit and you say, "The concussion, that concussion. What is that toe going to be like? Because he got his toe banged up. He was limping for a little while. And if that is aggravated, how effective is he going to be? I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this game strictly because of the fact that I don't believe in Buffalo's running game the last week, they threw 13 straight passes to start the game. 13 straight passes to start the game. And I sit there and I say, no, this ain't going to be the way that this is going to go. So they, my picks are Kansas City, I mean, Green Bay Packers over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I pick Kansas City. So we will have Green Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl in Tampa while Tom Brady will be standing there looking. From the sideline at where he could have been in the Super Bowl. And just so you know, the very first Super Bowl was Kansas City versus Green Bay. Now, you talk about nostalgia, you talk about bringing it back. There you go. Super Bowl. Let's get it popping. All right, Lil, thank you all so much for listening to your boy, Harbaugh hard and listening to the show. I appreciate you more than you know. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy, tell your frenemies and let them all know that hardball hearts can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, Hank Aaron's passing. But Hank Aaron meant a lot to me as a young black baseball player coming up in Colleen, Texas, in the country, as everybody like to call K-Town, 254 Um And I will touch on that at another day and another time. But just understand this, there's still, there's a lot in this world that is going on that people are still not being able to, everybody's picking a side, picking a side and not really working together to be a common goal. And we talk about the racism on both sides. And just think about this, Hank Aaron was chasing a record, got hate mail every single day of his life, still had his head up high, concentrated enough, he had the strong will to be able to do the things that he did. And he was a great ambassador for me, for my friends, and anybody of color that wanted to play this game of baseball. Fight your way through it and make it happen. And I want you to leave you with this. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar, and sugar looks like salt. It's been your boy, Hardball Hard, and I appreciate you spending the uh, morning with me. And all I got to say is this, go Chiefs!